A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the Rugby Dungeon as we are every single Monday morning for you, making sure there's rugby in your feed and as we have been doing for over 10 years, the OGs of rugby podcasting and never forget it. We were there first and we're still here and we're there for you every single Monday and if you appreciate that fact, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast and go and get more content at patreon.com forward slash Egg Chasers and help us keep the lights on. The lights on in the rugby dungeon, illuminating JB's bare OnlyFans ready feet. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, Tim. How are you? I'm very well, and filled with uh, a throwback Lions tracksuit top, like that. Old Lions, it's got a bit of paint on it. What, what, what year would that be? That, that'd be the... I want to say... 09? No, it's not. It's, it's definitely not that old. Uh, it's either 13 or 17. It might be 13. Do you know, one. Do you know what the Lions announced this week? The uh, li- they, did they announce their official champagne partner? <laughs> it was a new partner. It's a partner that you did not know that they needed, but they so needed <laughs> oh, yeah, it. Yeah, they're there. Do, do, do you know? Yeah, I know. I, I think I, I do know. I put. Uh, yeah, I do. Oh, know. I do know. Actually, yeah, <laughs> they've got an official uh, mental health partner. Because I often thought when I was watching the Lions, what this needs is more mental health awareness. I need to be reminded that I'm mental when I'm watching the Lions. <laughs> what a waste of time! Don't <laughs> no, waste this. The JV's off already. I, you're, 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 just, you're just jealous. You're not getting a free trip to. I mean, there is Australia. that. I, I mean. Well, it's, no, 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 Phil. It's not. Well, it's, it's not free. It's, it's, it's costing some people, some, yes. some people, money. And donate, donate to the mental health charity so we can go to the Lions tour, or so the Lions can pay for us to go to the Lions tour. Someone's going to pay for them to go to the Lions tour, but it's okay because we're raising awareness. Like the mental health industrial complex, which is basically what it is to make very I'm, healthy I'm, men. You're just Ill. you didn't think about it. I am. I, people think that I'm callous, and I am to a degree. But if I was really callous, I'd get on get on this bandwagon because it'd make me a fortune. <laughs> Maybe absolute fortune flogging hoodies uh, and appropriating men's ill health. But, you know, I wasn't, so well, it is what it is. On that, it's, it's probably a um, it's, it's a very loose tangent um, to take. But one thing I did want to mention on the flip side that I thought was amazing this week, two words, Courtney Laws. What a man. Yeah. What a man. Yeah. His media tour has been somewhat of a success, if that's what we call it. Well, I don't know about you. Is this me... And I'm not trying to take any credit because I'm delighted at what Courtney Laws is saying, but there are some 
incredible echoes to, to the specific phrases Courtney's saying and what we have been saying on this podcast for years. And I know Courtney's a friend of the pod and I, I think I'm pretty sure he listens. Well, I hate to disappoint you. I can confirm he does, he does not listen to us <laughs> or, or any rugby content, he, unfortunately. He knows who I am. I, every oh, time he knows, I go to Northampton, he, he comes over. He knows over, who we you? are, but I don't think I would, I, I would suggest he doesn't follow any rugby content because that's just not what he does. I mean, you wouldn't have to listen to us to come to these conclusions because they're very common sense to most <laughs> it's, people. It's just that uh, we, I, I had multiple people say, Courtney listens to the podcast. Yeah, I've had lots, week, of, yeah. lots of people saying, but, are you so, pleased with that? So I, I, I do not mind how it happens, but hearing a an elite player say, rugby, your solution to get out of the trouble you're in is stop apologising and, and embrace what you are. 100%. I love it. Mm. It's not difficult, though. Is it? Embrace the physicality. Well, let me tell you a quick story, right? I, I would sort of link this to what I did today. So, I also saw a professional rugby player's sister today. Ooh, oh, did right? you? I in did. W- in, oh, hold on, can we guess the professional rugby player? Yeah, so, go for um, it. In what context did you see this? She was playing netball. Okay. Ah. So, so, was this uh, watching your sister play netball? No, it was not. So... Mm. Uh, one of the girls in my box, CrossFit box, so already got a CrossFit reference in there, <laughs> plays for Trafford Netball. So okay. Trafford are one league below the Super League. So you've got Super mm. League, so this is like level two netball. And the first thing you're struck by is, my word, this is high quality. Like, I'm not joking. It, it, it is awesome. And I couldn't believe it. So we're looking at, you know, imagine you go to like a level eight rugby club, right? They've probably got their, their own clubhouse, They've probably got two teams, one on their pitch, one on some, someone else's pitch. And there is a good chance, like we were playing level seven yesterday, I played yesterday. I was I was at Wilmslow Rugby Club yeah, watching my like, first team game at level seven. And how many people were there? 100? 100? 200? Yeah, about 100, 100 people, excluding the players. And it cost us bloody 18 quid to get in, yeah, me and, and my family. 18, 18 quid, right? So on a Sunday, you can go to Ultram Girls Grammar, six form centre, for free... At least I didn't pay, so maybe I, did, I own some money. <laughs> you can watch some of the most incredible sport. It is honestly brilliant. It is brilliant. So I watched Traf- uh, Trafford. I was going to say Trafford Metrovix, not Trafford Met- uh, Metrovix. Steve Metrovics. Diamond's old club. No. Uh, Trafford playing Premier Romans. Now, here's a clue. Premier Romans. Chester. Are... No, that's what I, I thought. Yeah, I was going to say Chester. Yeah. <laughs> not, not York either. Bristol, weirdly. Okay. Oh, so I guess the, Roman Bath, Bristol. Yeah, I don't really get that. Uh, well, Bath have got their own team in that yeah. league. So I don't know why they're the Romans, but they are. Anyway, Trafford beat them by about, I think, 14 points in the end. They absolutely smashed them in the in, in third quarter. So anyway, there was a substitute for the um, for the Bristol team. Have a guess whose sister it was. Okay. Okay, so, so I'm guessing it's going to be tall. So I'm thinking second row, back row. Not tall. Mm. Oh, okay. So uh, a little ascent. Powerful. Okay, so, so for the Bristol, it, is, so it's going yeah, to be Bristol, is it a Bristol player. It's going to be a Bristol and born and bred rugby player. Yeah, who's powerful and not that tall. And whose name you'd instantly recognise? Um, it's not Genge, is it? It is exactly Genge. Oh wow! So I'm pretty. So, but the thing which has really confused me about all this, right, is that she was playing in someone else's kit because it did not say Genge on the back. I would know if I saw someone from Bristol with Genge on their back, and she looks the spitting image of him too. So I don't know what's going on, yeah. but her name on her shirt was not Genge, but it is on the team sheet. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So I'm sure she was uh, in okay. someone else's so, yeah. Maybe she's not registered and this is a scandal. Maybe I've another <laughs> scandal. <laughs> Honestly, though, boys, you want to see them play. Like, the standard of... The, the quality is unbelievable. 
Yeah. Women's sport is more enjoyable than men's sport. Right? I'm going to say this. Now, when I say women's sport, I mean sport which is designed for women. Which sports are designed for women other than netball? Well, this is it. So netball isn't tripping over itself to get male players in, right? It's not tripping over itself to have a diverse commentary panel. It's not doing anything. It's just being netball, and it's actually quite refreshing. I just can't understand, right, why there's such an imperative to have women playing all these other sports. There's, oh, if they want to play. And, and mate, mate we, we've, got, we've gone through a load of social issues. Yeah. We haven't talked about any rugby. Yeah, but there's no imperative <laughs> for men to play netball, which is a far superior sport to, say, touch rugby. Anyway, that would yeah, be... Yeah, no, netball's ace. Yeah. I love joining in with it as well, but it makes netball's cool. Oh, it's quality. I love it. So there we go. Hang on. Ellis Genge's rugby. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> there you I, go. I love that. That was, the, that was the bit that I was, <laughs> I was into. Um, I'm sure there is so many famous rugby players' sisters playing... Because... Isn't the Currys? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And obviously, high level. Tracy, Tracy Neville was uh, coach of England. In the Commonwealth Games, was yep. it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There we go. That's the end of the netball set. No, I love it. No, no more netball now. That's cool. Um, right. Shall we get into some rugby straight away? Yeah. I, t- I tell you what, let's quickly discuss the updated England squad. I didn't know it was updated. This, yes, it has been updated. And there are outs and there are ins. The outs are Alex Mitchell. Who's injured. Okay. And the in for him is Harry Randall. Or okay. as, as Ed- Eddie Stevens from Rugby Ranter Banter, another great podcast to check out. Little Harry, Little Harry Randall. Running with his candle. Yep. So go go and check that <laughs> podcast out. I like that. Um, so little Harry Randall is in, and the other out. Well, the other in actually is Ollie Lawrence, who's been upgraded from rehab to now in the squad and nice. available, which is great. The out. I was. I would have assumed it would be Max Ajomo going out. Yeah. But Will Muir is out. Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm. that is interesting. Slightly disappointing, and yeah, very disappointing. So Max Ajomo staying in, is he? Hmm. Yeah, well, what this makes me think, so this is one thing. Obviously, we can talk about Ollie Lawrence and, and the midfield partnership in a second. That's the biggest uh, outcome. And who starts nine? Does Ben Spencer leapfrog Danny Kerr into the starting spot? In fact, let's, let's touch on both of those first, and I'll hold the other thought I've got. Nine, so, nine and centres. Nine, okay. So, does Danny Kerr leapfrog? Does Danny Kerr go off the bench to start, or does Ben Spencer become the starting player instead of Alex Mitchell? I feel Ben Spencer. Or Harry Randall. I, I, yeah, because if we reverse this in the summer when uh, Van Portfleet got injured, mm-hmm. Mitchell came from out of the squad 100%, to, start yeah. in, to start in the World Cup. Now, I think probably most like uh, Van Portfleet and Mitchell is Ben Spencer. Yep. So I suspect he would jump I up. Feel, I think you're right. I feel the same way because I just don't see Ben Spencer being able to change a game like Danny Kerr. So rather than it be about the starter, I think it's about the importance of the impact from the bench. I think you might be right. And Randall is the kind of player who offers a big impact as well. So it could be it could be Spencer up and actually Randall comes in, which would be a weird shift around. But then again, Alex Mitchell was not in Steve Balthwick's World, World yeah, Cup squad and ended up starting. Yes. And the thing about True. Alex Mitchell, who is now, we all agree, the England number one, Seems to be, at uh, least. Yeah, yeah. Until, uh, uh, at least until Van Portfleet gets back fit. Now, I don't... Uh, this might be a case of I just don't know what I'm talking about, and it's very possible, because there's some, time, there's, there's some occasions where you look at a player and you have a impression of him, and maybe the impression's not the correct one. But I just don't see him as a natural replacement for Van, for Van Portfleet. He's not what I would consider like a natural... Not a natural kicker, he can kick the ball, but that's not his game. So they've gone from Van Portfleet, who's a great kicker, probably the best kicking nine 
in the league, I would say, to a guy who doesn't do that. So it's not like England replacing like for like. I think whoever they replace Mitchell with, they'll probably play him to his strengths rather than try and play him as a you know replacement for Van Portfolio or indeed Mitchell. Yeah, I hope that's true. So I, th- I, I can see... And I actually did a, a little video a bit earlier on, uh, which is on the Egg Chasers Rugby YouTube channel, where I kind of assumed that Danny Kerr would get elevated. But then since I've been thinking, oh, no, 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 I think Ben Spencer will jump into the nine jersey. Mm. Yeah, I mean, having Danny Kerr on the bench, right? It's not just he's an impact player, but having that guy with that experience watching the game for 60 minutes is pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's when you're going to get the most out of him. You let Danny Kerr watch your position for 60 minutes and then you let him play for you know the remaining time. You're in business. Mm. I think I agree with you. And centre, you would think, as long as he's fit and well, Oli Lawrence starts, but in what composition? Because I could see it being Dingwall Lawrence, I could see it being Lawrence Slade, I could see it being Tuolangi Lawrence. I think the most likely is Lawrence Slade, and they will line up at 12 and 13, depending on the scenario. Yeah, I don't like this. I think Lawrence Dingwall. Um, I think we've just got to... We've got to start, we, it's not we at all, England have got to <laughs> just decide that Lawrence is the best 13. And that is the be all, be all, be all and, and end all of it. Then you've got to select the best 12, and that probably is Dingle at the moment. Because he's the only one who actually yeah. properly plays 12. And stop trying just to get the most talent on the field. I know it, ha- it can work, it has worked for a lot of teams, it hasn't worked for England and Ollie Lawrence is by far the most devastating 13, so just let him play. And Slade would be a good Number 23 shirt. Yes, he would. Yeah, there's no toys about that. You can cover everything, can't you? Mm. Yeah, I, I, it is. I'm, I'm torn because that principle of uh, get the best player in their position, the position that they play most frequently in, I um, ordinarily strongly stand by that approach, particularly for, again, particularly for England, because I think England produce fewer utility players because they are, players are mm. really pigeonholed um, earlier on in their careers. Um, so with what England have to work with, I think that's the best approach. However, in this scenario, and I'm, I'm a big Dingwall fan, uh, but I'm just not sure he's fully up to international rugby. I've not seen it from him yet. So it, even though I like the principle of get the best players who play in those positions, and that would be Dingwall, he's the best player in the squad who regularly plays 12, I'm not sure he's, he is as high-end as either Lawrence or Slade. I, I totally he's agree with you. Not. But I think that I think experimenting with Manu at 12, Lawrence at 12, Slade at 12, just you've got to make a decision now. Only one player can play 13, and yeah. Lawrence is the king, so he plays. Yeah, he's playing so well. He is playing well, and he and there is a little bit of me that thinks because both Slade and Lawrence they do um, defensively, offensively switch between. There's a bit more fluidity between how they both play. Sometimes they play more like a twelve. Sometimes they play more like a thirteen for different reasons as well. For Lawrence, for his uh, heavy traffic carrying and his crash ball, and Slade for his distributing and kicking. that just feels like the best option. I do think Slade requires a bit more space to be effective. And when there is no space, that's when you want Lawrence to break things open. Mm. That would be, that'd be my thought. Slade's obviously got the better skill set, but Lawrence is the better player the better, for international. Yeah, he's, he's such a good runner. Mm. Low centre of gravity, powerful, fast as well. So yeah, I think the most likely scenario is Lawrence and Slade. So do I. Uh, did I see Manu's back in the team? Yeah, he's yeah. in the squad. Ugh. Why? <laughs> Well, 
He started a World Cup semi-final and looked quite good a little while ago. So I'm not saying that he he would be my first choice, but I'm more than happy to have him in the squad as long as he is not first choice. It's the it's the well, put, that's exactly it's why putting I don't all want your, him in the squad. It's putting all your eggs in the Manu basket uh, has been the problem for the last ten years because there hasn't there hasn't been anyone better or I just don't see the point more effective. I think when you're 32, you shouldn't really be a back unless you're Danny Care. I mean, he's just not playing well enough for me. He's just not playing well enough and hasn't for about three four years. And there's, there is this, so I'm all for um, pick the team that's going to win you the game tomorrow. Yeah. But there is also, there's a trade-off with that because if you just pick, like we're in a World Cup cycle, obviously, um, be it right or wrong, but we are in a World Cup cycle. The next World Cup is three and a half years away, at which point Manu will be nearly 36. And with the wear and tear on his body, yeah. I can't. I just can't. I can't see, no, I can't see, I can't him, see playing. him still be playing in England if he is still playing at all. No, I agree. Um, but therefore, if he's not first choice, if he's not the single best player, you are costing someone else younger who for will be now. For, for now, and this is it. I don't see. I, I think Manu right now is worth his place in the squad because because the, the biggest point is there is nobody that, that is not in the squad that I would rather was in the squad whereas I think in a year's time two of the guys that are in the England A squad, a squad. for this weekend Ollie Hartley okay. and and, yeah. and Massey White for um, Massey well, White that's interesting yeah well the two of them are in the England A squad mm. both former Wasps players now at Saracens and Sale well I'll tell you what Wasps' academy is unre- was <laughs> unreal the players that have been scattered not I'm not just talking about the big names like Barbary and and the like but the guys that were in the academy uh, Emmanuel Faye Waboso yeah. they had an unreal team bobbling away under the surface that has been all, yeah they've broken always been up. quite good at bringing lads through to be fair Wasps but you know shame yeah I, Massive shame, but but, but those two, those clubs. two aren't ready now. But in a year's time, might do be. The Wasps, does the Wasps Academy still exist? I think it still does. Oh, no idea. I, so I think do Wasps women's team still exist? Well, I don't know. I think that they do actually. You're our women's sport correspondent. You tell us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> oh the irony. Because um, I'm sh- sure the Worcester still play. Well, they, I what, think Worc- Worcester women do still play. No, they don't because they're not. No, they were taken over, and then the guy who took them over. Said a few things, didn't he? In a press release, like no matter how you spin this, this is not profitable. <laughs> That's basically what he said. Uh, as for the other point, I was going to make then. So I was surprised to see Will Muir go, but mm-hmm. I think that says to me Steve Balthwick has decided that is not a Eddie Jones trademark test match animal. I think he doesn't know what he's talking about. Then. And what was that? And let me add to that the fact that. Emmanuel Faye Waboso in two test matches has played two minutes of rugby. Yeah. Why? He does not trust that guy either. No. And it was it was only the last two minutes when uh, England were eight points up. He does not trust he does not trust up. Faye Waboso. You know, wings he, though are getting so important. I mean there used to be luxury items that you threw on well, exactly. on the edge of the field. But now well, if your wing doesn't uh, hunt down balls it doesn't catch the ball, doesn't well, just, well also and this is what's important for England, this is what's making me think that you have to have the, and it was actually, I don't know if I'm, no, it was when we were chatting to Paul Gustard. Yeah. One, one of the things I came away thinking, you know, as well as Phil had mentioned previously that it was the, the money attached to every player, the the rugby IQ was a massive one yeah. in Paul Gustard's mind. I won't say what he said about which players, but the the 
he when he judges them, he's like, oh no, they're they're physically really good, but actually no, they just don't. They don't read oh. the game. They don't get the game. And I think with Felix Jones coming in and England's blitz defence you have to have a great top two inches to know exactly when to make mm. that decision, when to hit, when to when to go soft, when to be soft, when to run in and smash. And I just don't think... It's a tough It's a tough call. Emmanuel Faye-Wabosu who's hardly played any senior rugby. Will, Will Muir's a great phys- physical specimen. Does he have a great rugby brain? I don't know. And, or maybe not. And he might have a great rugby brain in other dimensions, but yeah. does he have a rugby brain that suits... Like we, There are there are certain players... Like, someone like um, James Simpson Daniel springs to mind, who Brilliant. has... This incredible rugby brain when it came to the offense, yeah, instinctive attack, but not the instinctive well, defense. And there are different aspects Ol- to it. Ol- um, Ollie Smith, allegedly, who turned out to be a lion, so not mm. a bad player by any stretch, apparently was unable to handle Andy Robinson's defensive calls because he had so many different defenses in so many areas of the field. Mm-hmm. So it can happen. Now, I, there's not enough evidence for me to suggest that that is Will Muir at all, actually. And over to the point that Gustard made. I mean, you do see this all the time. The classic one for me, until very recently, has been um, Joe Cock and a singer. Like, it, when you watched him fill in the Irish, it was obvious he did not get the game. It was obvious. He was just an absolute massive specimen. Another guy and who's rapid. improved massively over the last couple of years is like Aaron Reid. When Aaron Reid first started, he just couldn't get... I don't think they don't get the game. I think they don't get the pace of the game. And you see someone who does... I mean, the, back to Cock and a Singer, he was the big star draw, but actually the winger who was so much more effective than him was Lewington because he did get the game. He knew exactly what he was doing. So, yeah, you see it all the time. And with with someone like uh, Reed or particularly Thock and a Singer, Reed has, would always have been the fastest guy on the pitch, yep. playing all his age, age grade. Thock and a Singer would have been the biggest and the fastest guy on the pitch all the way through age grade. They didn't have to learn the game as... as mm-hmm youngsters because they were too good if anything too talented and uh, and for the reason for the same reason that we don't get many utility players um it, the bosh and the contact is massive culturally a massive part of english rugby at lower levels and and it is. i don't think enough money is spent on coaching at those lower levels mm. which is mm. except in those except in public schools where it's um, yeah, where, where it's amazing where it yeah but you know coaching goes two ways doesn't it i mean yeah, I played a game this weekend, and our coaching's absolutely fine. But if we were really switched on, we'd, we we would have kicked more, and you would learn how to play in terrible conditions. There again, what does that matter when you're playing the international game when the pitch is no matter what the conditions are going to be perfect, mm-hmm. except for maybe the Millennium Stadium when it tears up after a concert. But how do you coach <laughs> that? But generally speaking, you know, we have to coach what is in front of us. I mean, if you you could spend all the money in the world on coaching. And this weekend, in fact, I'll give you a better example. This weekend, I sent a video from Macclesfield, which is a really cool video of um, Tommy Taylor chatting about the game uh, following their results. And behind him is a Macclesfield pitch, and it is an absolute bog. Mm-hmm. Now, you could spend any amount of money coaching hands and skills; it would be it'd be pointless. It'd be a waste of money. Yeah, on on those days, but then that's one of the that's one. Well, that's of when you win the league. No, no, I, I I I totally agree. I'm not saying we should be at the expense of. Any of, yeah, but you can only do any one, of that. I mean, it's only it's only one night a week that you get to train. I mean, maybe with kids, maybe kids it's different. You know, that's when you work on the skills and handling. But when it gets to adult rugby, you just want to win. And that, I mean, the most important coaching thing you can do is kick chase, and it's boring, but kick chase wins games, which is why, it's, and it is one of the things that Borthwick looks for. Yeah, 
particularly in his wingers. Mm. Um, chase. Which is why, actually, I'm, I'm a bit surprised that Muir has gone because I think he's one of the best in the He'd league at kick so chasing. so good for England. But that, that there's, obviously some, there's obviously something that I can't see that they're yeah, seeing. Yeah, same. Well, they're wrong. Um, we, we briefly mentioned it, but there is an England A squad as well. England, Sa- England Saxons. Did you? England Saxons, if we're allowed to call them I mean, that. It, like, that, that annoys me. That's such a great name. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So such a great name. Uh, let's, let's be rebels anyway. and, and call it Saxons. So yeah. the Saxons are finally reformed. Did you see what um, Ed... Why, why have I gone blank? There was a video up with Conor O'Shea giving an interview. Yes. Have, have you seen the interview? Talking about Zach Mercer. I've seen, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen a 60 second clip of Ed it. Slater, oh, okay. So the. Ed Slater posted it, right? And he yeah. said basically what he's saying <clears throat> is there is not much room for players like me that made it the hard way through the championship. And you listen to it and you think, God, yeah, Ed's absolutely right. That's exactly what Conor O'Shea is doing. And like, I listened, I listened to that interview two or three times, like a three minute clip. What, can you give us a pre-see of what you said? Or sort I of? I, yes, I can, and I can't. <clears throat> so he said lots of words with no real meaning. <laughs> That's how I describe it. Well, what was the bit that? So, what were the bits that? The, like, the, the gist. What was the yeah. gist? So the gist was they are prioritising lads from the under twenties for the continuity of under twenties into senior. Right. Oh, for the England A squad. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, it's just about the balance. Like, why? Why is it about the balance? So, so that- uh, am I right in saying that? The, the thrust of what he was saying was... If you don't come through the system, you've not yeah, got much of a chance. Don't read the England A squad as these are the next best players in in their position yeah. and that they will be the next cab off the rank to go, this is... There are better players who are not in the England A Just, squad who will be closer to the England squad. In a non-traditional or very or a very traditional route, depending on which way you look at it. Yeah. but that, So I've not seen that section of the interview. I saw, saw the little bit talking about Zach Mercer. But is is that a function of... The timescales, because these these boys get together this week. They play one game next week, mm. and that's it. Yep. So you've got you kind of it makes sense to have players who have played together and understand systems where they can just be dropped into a I don't, a single system. Well, what O'Shea was waffle, and it was waffle. To be fair, I mean, I, I don't like I don't want to be unkind, but the way he was talking about we have lads from this system, and then we want continuity from the under twenties. Was he addressing through. Zach Mercer specifically? I, Is that what the sound, question was? It did sound like the end of that question? Yeah, right. Okay, and then he goes, "It's about finding that balance." I'm like, well, "Why does that balance matter?" I've never looked at a team and thought, "Well, I need the balance between the under twenties and the other players, or you know, some lads that came through one system and another system." I've never needed that balance. Just give me the best team. It doesn't matter where they've come from. It's a completely stupid metric to be using, in my opinion. Unless it is purely for the well, we've got one week, so we can't. We can't. It's very difficult to teach um, totally disparate lads but a new the system. Playing that week. Oh uh, yeah, but these guys are not from X in the twenties. Yeah, these guys might have been under the twenties two years ago or three years ago. I think it's a stretch, only because yeah, like you say, they were playing under twenties three years ago. And a lot of water has gone under the bridge since then. They've been with their clubs and they're getting together for a week. So if you're a professional rib player and you didn't go through the under-20s, I don't think an under-20s player has got massive advantage over you because you've got a week to learn it and you are a professional. It's, it's fine. And another element, and this links in with something that's going on uh, in, in like in the rugby team I coach, my son's team at the minute. It, it's I think rugby union has got an issue with this. Mm. It, it really does have an issue with this. Uh, my brother was a did not go to a as I didn't. We 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 went to state schools, so we, we didn't go through a traditional route. And had Bath not played a game against 
Newbury, which was a rarity. So the only time that yeah. had ever happened at uh, whatever it was under 18s level, then Nick would never have been spotted. Yeah. And he, it was Bath that basically they, they, they played against Bath and they went, that guy's all right. Do you want to come along? Do you want to come along and join our academy? Yeah. Uh, and it, that that was it. And had uh, there was no, he would never have been spotted. And the reason I mention it now in relation to my team is, I was having a. Oh, I don't want to. I won't. No, I, I won't name names. But one of the players in the the under sixteen team that my son plays in went to an Irish Exiles trial this week. Yeah, he's been. He's sort of been identified. Mm. And in, anyway, the invitation came. But he, so he went through the trial only to find out that the teams for the games that are coming up in a few weeks were selected a couple of weeks ago. Why? Why would they do that? Yeah. And it, I do know, like, Irish rugby are phenomenal at identifying anyone around the world who has got yeah. Irish heritage. Just, so he, he, will, he will now be on a list for the entirety of his rugby yeah, you, career. Yeah, you think yeah, so. Yeah, but don't invite so. him to training if there's don't, no... Yeah, don't invite him to training. He's got other things to do. But uh, and so and there's also, I've seen it like the the public schools, private school system in England is phenomenal at producing rugby players. It is. You cannot help but thinking, and it's not just a chip on my shoulder from when I was going to the final Southwest trial and had the storm of my storm of my life, and people were going, "If you don't get picked now, you never will." And I didn't get picked. Um, but I see it with the lads now. We've got so many great players, and they all get overlooked, and all of the players are like. Sedba. Yeah, because I I think there is a Kirkham. Yeah. I think that playing well in front of someone probably holds less weight than a schoolmaster saying he's really good and I say it every day. Mm. Because they yeah. trust that opinion and they trust them seeing them every even, but the problem is of course that there's not an equivalent advocate watching the boys play at Broughton Park mm. or Old Winions or Oldham or yeah. Widnes or any of these clubs. And it's a real problem for me. I I think the pathway system is it, I, well, I hate it, actually. I don't like academies, I don't like any of these things. You just have senior rugby for clubs, and that's it. And everyone should, should play together, because I think they're incredibly damaging. And furthermore, yeah, I get you want good coaching, but why not invest all that academy money, of which there is plenty of it, well, not plenty of it, but there's some of it, back into local clubs? Mm. So if you are in sale shocks, and this is one of the most frequently occurring things, and they'll say, oh, we have safeguarding th- uh, it, um we have safeguarding to prevent this, and we're always trying to you know, reintroduce them back into club rugby. The reality is, once you've had a taste of Carrington, or once you've had a taste of Oval Park, or wherever it is that they train, you don't really want to go back, because you're so invested in being that thing, whether it be a Tiger, or a Saint, or a Chief, you don't really want to go back and be a bloody Tock H player, or a Broughton Park player. Loads of lads 100% because of this. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And they don't play a level of rugby which is of a decent standard anyway. So as Ed Slater alluded to, the championship is where if you're not straight into a premiership team, that's where you find front five yeah. players especially. Well, if you want to be a professional and you're not in a state school, my advice to you would be go over to New Zealand, play some rugby, just so you can get some good names on your CV so people take you seriously. Because if you show up in this like Talk H and, I don't know, Ampt Hill and you know, I mean, actually, if you're in Ampt Hill, you, uh, are you decent? But even if you say Ampt Hill, they're not going to necessarily take you seriously for the academy. So go away and get a load of decent uh, experience with New Zealand teams, and they, and they might take you seriously because they they always come with a bit of mystique once you go. Matt, Matt Simons, yeah, go and play, go and play, play yeah. some South African schoolboy rugby. Yeah. So just to finish that point on the on the on the pathway and everything. 
so that was the experience that some of my lads have had with rugby union, just getting it, it being the places in the sale and Lancashire. We've got a few that have gone through, but a load of them, which are very, very good players, are like, oh no, they're not in, and no one, and, and it's all. Good. But the, the second point is, a bunch, a few of them play rugby league as well, mm. and, and this weekend they were at England trials for rugby league, so and they I, all got a really good crack. I have a story. It's not really a story, but um, someone told me something about the most successful academy possibly on the planet. Any guess which one it is? So it's a rugby academy. It's a rugby academy. Uh, Glen Hoddle. Oh no, what, that's the one. That's when the you say successful, um, what's the metric of success? Uh, producing top-end professional players. Professional... From a small region. Uh, It'll be somewhere in South Africa. No, it's not. It's in the UK. Yorkshire? Nope. Uh... It's like it's La- so, Landovery College. It's so local, right? It it's it's unbelievably local. And I'll get the stats for you next week because I think you'll find this kind of remarkable. So I don't have the stats to hand, but I know broadly speaking I'm kind Let's of in the Cornwall. Park. Nope. So Wigan. It, uh, much better, Phil. Much better. Or St Helens. St Helens. Correct. The statistics of what St Helens have done of getting local. I mean, you're talking about a town that makes a bit of glass and some tea, right? And it is, I mean, they're not getting these lads from Liverpool and they're not get, getting them from Wigan. It is literally just St. Helens. And the amount of lads that they've got locally and turn them into not only very good club players, but international players, is un, it's, if you think about it, it's unbelievable. Now, there is a trade-off to, to that. There may be optimising an organisation for professional rugby doesn't necessarily translate into amateur rugby, but the statistics are absolutely incredible. And that's from, you know, you think, I mean, what is the population of St. Helens? Are they renowned for being tall? Or, you know, is it like, is it like Georgia? Like, not really. It's St. Helens. Or like, yeah, it's not like um, Holland or Serbia or <laughs> yeah. somewhere like that. Yeah. So I, I will do some digging during the week and I'll let you know ne- next week. Because when I heard it, and it's a few few weeks ago now, I thought, God, that's really impressive. Mm. What else is going on other than Six Nations? Is there anything else bubbling yeah. around news Premiership Cup, did you watch that? Uh, I caught a bit of it while I was watching the Wormslow. Uh, like I caught the, I caught the oh, second half of Gloucester. No one cares about that game. Exeter. <laughs> what about the no, game today? I didn't see the game today. I saw the game today. You, you know who played, yeah? Ealing and Leicester. Yeah. Leicester what was the travelled result? to Ealing as well. Well, the score isn't really a reflection of the game, I would say. It, it's funny because... The, so the Le- game, Leicester won handily in the end. Yeah, in two scores. Yeah, to, to finish 21-28. But... Ealing were totally dominant at scrum time. They were, the two teams were fairly evenly matched. Yep. Ealing were totally dominant at scrum time. Who did Leicester have in their front row? Oh, J- uh, James. Dan, Dan Richardson. Who will not be getting a new contract, I assume. Yeah, who they brought for the <laughs> championship, I think. Poor Dan Richardson. I, I, I hate saying stuff like that because it's so cruel, but he had a horrific game. He, There's no other word for it, so is there? He was up against um, Will Goodrich Clark. Yeah, London Irish last year. Yeah. Um, Big boy. Yeah, Big, yeah, you might. Yeah. And he was in the England squad, uh, yeah. the wider England squad previously. Um, and they had Billy Allo as well. Uh, whereas Leicester had Van Vyck, who's an experienced loose head. Yep. Uh, they started with Theobald Bold- Thomas, who scored a try. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Dan Richardson, who <clears throat> was in all sorts of trouble against Goodrich Clark. Yeah, there's but, a reason these props are, pay- are paid some good money. So I, I've always liked Goodrich Clark as well, and he, he really showed it well. Um, had had um, Ealing won, he would have been man of the match. I agree. He scored a try as well. What is with 
picking... Right, we need to just end this. Because if he was the best player on the pitch, he's the best player on the pitch. Well, uh, uh, done. Yeah, yeah but... Phil, so Phil Cocker Singer got one of the match. He, he scored two tries. Okay. One of which was the try that won it, basically. So... Fine, I'll, well, let, I'll yeah. let that one it go. Does. But Tommy Raphael, for example, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was the best then, player in the England Wales game. You, you've got to avoid this happened to Michael Hooper and Joe Launch. Well, let it happen. They'll deal the, with it. The pictures of them get being awarded <laughs> the Man of the Match award when <laughs> yeah. they've just lost, and the glum face. But that's international, isn't it? Like a semi-final or something. You know, for Ealing, they'd be delighted. He, yeah, good they, good would yeah delighted they would be delighted. But also, like what they need to do. Oh, What's just happened? It's like my headphones have come out. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. We're oh, still on. We're God. still on. We're still on. Waveform looks um, good. We have to go. Uh, we have to get to a point where the, the the man of the match award is good, not like a can of tenants in a glass case, for example. <laughs> but it needs to be good, like a, a nice a watch, and then well, no, every, but then the, the Tissot watch. Yeah, but it's like the well, exactly. Did, did you see? Was it a good watch? I don't really remember that. Was it like a hundred pound watch or two hundred pound watch? A few hundred pound watch, yeah. Yeah, it needs to be a, a couple of thousand pound watch. Yeah, a couple, Did, couple of thousand pound can watch. I, can I like the watches that Saracens used to give out with, with, uh, with contracts, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Did you see, uh, this is very appropriate, Jamal Ford Robinson, friend of the pods, tweet this week no. on just this subject. No. So he got his first man in the match award I, in I, European rugby. And I gave it to him. Um, a few weeks ago. From now onwards, the man of the match will be presented with a Tissot watch oh. in all EPCR, which he obviously missed out on. Oh, that's outrageous. In the, in the group stage. Well, he knows how to win man of the matches now, so it's not a problem well, for yeah, him. Yeah, props just... win them so rarely. That's the other reason. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, if Will Goodrich Clark was the best player, we should get it anyway. Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm meeting a former Saracen ne- next week. I'm going out for lunch with Jackson Ray. Ooh. Oh, excellent, JB! You can say to you. Can, I, I've already told him. I've already told him. You told I did him have that, a pair of your boots. I had you had no no. You had a pair of my boots, which you were meant to be displaying that didn't belong to you, and you gave them to someone. We all know. See? We all know boots belong out in the wild. It's not, it's not like the Barry John's boots. Like they, they were still they were still serviceable. Bottom line: Do not come back from that meeting without <laughs> no, a pair of boots for the uh, dungeon. If I if I come back with Jack with Jackson Ray's business brogues, is that okay? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. I'll have right, them done. Suits. So, <laughs> So I, f- I found this game interesting because Ealing were totally dominant in, at scrum time uh, and Leicester won. And I've, I'm particularly interested, um, especially wearing an England hat, in teams managing to win yeah, with no scrum. What did they do? <laughs> well, the, the key message from this would be uh, just intercept two passes and score two intercept tries ah. because that was what finished... The- Ealing through two intercepts in the last ten minutes. Oh man, Matt Scott. Well, one that Kate Matt Scott scored. Oh, devastated. Second, another pass from an intercept, and um, Thockenessinger got his second try. So, so Ealing it, must be. Oh, they'll be. They'll be sore, gutted because they. This is a game they could have won, and probably should have because they were so dominant at scrum time. Yeah, yeah. Although, do you know what this game has also convinced me of? What? The championship should not have promotion. And Ealing should not be in the Premiership because it, it convinced me the opposite. Go on, that, you give me your pitch, and then I'll give you mine. No, I want to hear. I want to hear yeah, the case for the right, prosecution. Sure. So, can you remember what Ealing were meant to be a few years ago? So they bring in Alex Shaw, who was the oracle of all things like development and young players and scouting. He loved his processes and whatnot. They developed this relationship with Brunel University. Or to, St Mary's or whatever. Call, yeah, yeah, whatever whatever it is. Because uni rugby, to be fair, you get a lot of good players there. And they wanted to do it sort of the right way. Didn't they? they wanted to demonstrate what you could do with a great academy and great scouting and a GM. And it's all very exciting. 
um, it just seems to be a holding pen now for juniorman players. So if this is what the best of the championship is, I'm not really that interested. It's just a collection of guys who aren't quite good enough to be in the Premiership. Now, how, how would you have described Worcester when they were in the Premiership? Uh, probably exactly the same, to be honest. <laughs> right. But, like, they're not here. Good. Right? And I kind of think the same with Ealing. So if this is what the Championship has to showcase, it's not Championship players. It's not players that they're developed. It's not players from their academy. It's there, not... there's, a, there's absolutely a context, and you have to think outside of the last few years. Because the, the context is the RFU have... Out, have been outrageous in their mm. treatment of the championship but, and, and what you're seeing is a consequence of that. To me, if Elon were creating loads of great players, remember where they are, it's already very well serviced for for academy rugby between mm-hmm. Saracens and Harlequins and formerly Lo- uh, London Irish and all the rest of it. If, if they were producing loads of great players and they had a few games at Ealing and then they automatically just walked into premiership teams, I'd say, yeah, this is outrageous actually. Ealing deserved to be going up because look at what they're doing. But being candid, I could assemble that Ealing team with enough money. Anyone could assemble that Ealing team with enough money. I I understand your point right now, but this is and this is one of the arguments that is often given by people who have a vested interest in there not being promotion relegation. They look at the championship now and say, "See, it's not good enough now," and completely omit the the facts that. It has been... No, no, it's not about not being good enough, Tim. Cut. If they got absolutely smashed no, no, no. with a load of homegrown players, yeah. I'd be like, well, yeah, they I, need more exposure. I know, I watched a lot of championship rugby when Nick played... Nick, Nick stood, before he went to Salem London Irish, mm. he was at Plymouth Albion and then Nottingham. When he was at Nottingham, there was... Talk about local homegrown players. Ed Slater, you've already That's mentioned exactly, him. Exactly, exactly Ed, Ed Slater, Tim Strether was a local Nottingham yep. lad, went to Saracens... Alex Lewington. There was loads of them. Uh, I remember. Was a local I, not, seen the, so um, my point being, my point being, you had. There was a point when the championship was rich, yeah, with exactly the type of players you're talking about, and it did have teams that were a representation of the local area and went on and played Premiership rugby. You just, I'm, all I'm saying is, you you cannot make, make a snap judgment now. Take a snapshot now and say that is how things are. But and that is, is how things will always like, be. I don't think I'm saying that. I'm just saying with this team, if this is the argument to come up to the Premiership, I'm not buying it. If they got smashed and they had a Nottingham-style team with loads of local lads and lads that bought it through uni, you say, yeah, fair enough. You know, they need the experience. I'd you also would... say give it time. How long's how long's that academy setup been going? About 10 years. No. I reckon it has been, you know. No, we've been going 10 years. We're talking two mm, years. No, definitely not two years. Well... I mean, the, the average age of that Ealing team is bloody old. And also, they've, they've got no restrictions. Do you know, like, all the other academies have Are you to sure share... this isn't cognitive dissonance? You, you, don't want premi- you don't want promotion, so you're looking at this Ealing team and finding a reason why this means that you're no, right. No, it's just... No, no, not... Uh, this is not an argument for no promotion. Yeah. This is an argument why this Ealing team doesn't win that argument. There's a complete, they're two yeah. completely separate things. Okay. And what they've actually done is they've just spent money on retreads. And I think once you're not good enough to be in the Premiership, you're not in the Premiership. One of the ways you would do that is if by taking something you said earlier and getting rid of Premiership Academies. 100%. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm all for that. Yeah. But when you're the only club with substantial backing lower down, I would have expected to see that. And mm. it just to me, that's disappointing. Well, that's, So I, th- I think it's probably a reflection of the scenario that they're in. As in that, that that academy would have been set up, let's say, five or six years ago, I think. Well, let's find out. Um, I don't think it was that long. It was set up pre-COVID. Yeah. COVID's four years ago now. Yeah. So it's more than four years ago. And then the landscape has changed during COVID and post-COVID. 
So the route that they would have had when they set up the, that academy to do an Exeter no longer exists to them. Yeah. So why would they continue to pursue something that would only benefit them in a scenario that no longer exists to them? That's fair. But that's why their their academy isn't creating players because there's no need for it to because they can't get into the Premiership. But that was like meant to be their whole club ethos. So 2019, so five years. Yeah, so yeah. at least five years is well, what they've been... at least four years. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but then, it, so when it was set up... There was a route to the Premiership. There was a route to the Premiership. I see what we're saying. So, but it's like the show, show me, show me the incentive. Exactly. I'll show you the, the behaviour. Outcome. Well, okay. outcome. Let's yeah. flip this on its head. What's the incentive just to employ ex-Premiership players? On you can just, win. You win. You win the game, game this week. If you only get players, say, who are thirty-year-old journeymen, you win the Championship every year, and you only pay those players. It's a buyer's market if as well. To, well, to, to, to get if you want academy players, you've got to pay. Five guys, 20, 30, 40k, and hope that one of them comes good. I want to see a showcase for championship talent, and that that is not it. It's a showcase for, really, the reason that the championship is not doing well, so, so, or is not the argument, because all they can do is bring in ex-players from the premiership. I, I completely agree. That, 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 so that team is just ex-players from the premiership. It's, it's journeymen. And that's, it's so it's that's a vanity so, project. So I agree, I agree with your point, but what I'm saying is that that is a product of the incentive that they've been presented with. In between 2019, Mm -hmm. when they uh, created that academy, and where we are now, the landscape for Ealing has totally changed. So in 2019, they had the incentive to do an Exeter. Exeter brought in a lot of players. Yeah, but they also brought through a lot of players. Hang on. You're saying that the incentive is just to win the championship? No. Well, what is the incentive for? So what was the incentive when Exeter won? No, don't patronise me. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, I, I know that play, I, I know that teams go up. What's the difference between teams going up and then winning the championship? What, what, that's the same incentive. You do want to win the league. Yeah, exactly winning the, the league incentive. is the same. Yeah, but one leads to premiership. Yeah, one doesn't lead to premiership. Right. All I'm saying is Ealing, where they are and what they said and um, with their mission statement was all about developing players and having young talent coming through. That is what they said. And if there's a this player, that's good, if there's a player that's good enough, they will. Because they're not creating them. And this what, is the only Why, why not? What, what, it costs, it's, it's not a lack of money, How much Tim. money does it... It's not a lack of money at Ealing. I'm not saying it's a lack of money. Right, so what's it? What, what's I'm not saying it's a lack of money, but in order to in order to hire, in order to get in enough players that you have the base of the pyramid that me, means you get the players at the top, and the coaching that supports that, and the administrative staff that supports uh-huh. that, and the medical staff that supports that, in order to spend all that, uh-huh. you could just go and get Will Goodrich Clark for 40k. Right, okay. So what we're now saying is that this is why they don't deserve to go up anyway now, because they've not, not invested in their infrastructure. What? So if then they can go up to the Premiership, you don't want them anyway because Every... they've spent all the money on they've done the cheap thing to get Will Goodridge Clock rather than do the, premiership... the coaching and the academy and everything else, and that is fundamentally because, the point. Because the, the the academy comes out of Ealing's own pockets, whereas the academy on the same patch, Harlequins, is paid for by the RFU. It's not paid for by the RFU. There there, there, there is a small amount of money, but most what? of it is born. How by much? The... How much? I think small. Last... I think it's about two hundred k. 200k for an academy. It's about that, yeah. It's not no, much. I'm not buying that. Well, you don't need to buy it. You can just put, uh, uh, pick up the phone and ask someone. That's, that's not. It's dead easy. Just pick up the phone and ask someone. It I'll, isn't much, mate. I'll tell you what's not much. It, it, it's certainly. Okay. It, I'll tell you what's not much is the money. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what, not, what is not much is the funding that championship clubs, clubs get versus premiership. I completely the, agree with you. I completely pocket. agree with you. Right. But Ealing's problem is well, not that's a context. 
Ealing's problem is not funding, is it? Okay. Is it? Is Ealing's problem funding? Is it that they don't have enough money for an academy, but they do for Will, the, Will Goodrich? Well, There's it, always a the, finite amount of money. And in the, right, okay. In, uh, the immediate two years following the setup of the academy, funding probably was a problem. Well. As in global travel shut down. So, so Ealing Trail Finders were not going to be pumping any money into their well, academy. I imagine Trail Finders is a sponsor rather than the source of the cash. <laughs> so I wouldn't worry too it's much. The owner, it's a joint owner, isn't it? Yeah, but I imagine he had. I, I don't imagine Trailfinders Limited is the one right, writing the checks. I'm pretty sure it's Mr. Trailfinders that is writing the checks. Yes, but he might have had slightly uncertain incomings. Yeah, well, I, I'm not arguing with that. But, you know, it, I go back to my point. It was disappointing that Ealing are who they are now. And so, it's not and I, a showcase of championship talent because it's undoubtedly not that. Yeah, and I, so I agree with that. I agree with that point, And I agree that it's. If they do have ambitions, if there is a route to get into the Premiership and they do have ambitions of doing an Exeter, the only way to do it is through having an academy. See, that, that, yeah. is, that is the, completely the right they way. Have the, to... the context is as well, within the last two years, three clubs went bust. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. a lot of players that are very, very cheap. Very, this is also true. Yeah, good it's players that are cheap. absolutely true. But I just go back to that point. You know, if this was a club in Yorkshire, right... And it was just churning through loads of players. And those players were then leaving that Yorkshire club, which is quite possible with the amount of talent that they have. And then they were producing, you know, player after player. Then you go, yeah, this is a club that we need. But the, the squad does have a London Welsh feel to it yeah. at the moment. And that's why you but do it. The, the reason, so I said at first, I thought they could um, compete in the Premiership, let's say that, because... They have got that talent that they brought in, guys like Will Goodrich, Clark, or even someone who's not from the Premiership, like Bobby DeVee, Bobby DeVee who um, got a stupid yellow card. Mm. Bobby but, V. But Bobby DV. Bobby DV. Is a, is a hell of a player. He's a good all-round athlete, intelligent second row. So they've, they've got good players, but they've not got the structures, which I completely... Uh, it doesn't appear from this squad that they have but the structures I'm almost in place. certain they do. Well, this, is, this is what they were trying to build is, five years ago. So if they failed this, on that, and th- that's my point exactly. That in those intervening five years, the landscape has changed. Yeah. So it might be that if they have a route to the Premiership, they go hell for leather for that um, academy side because it would make sense. That is the only way that they get to do an Exeter because this team isn't. So, this team's not doing an Exeter. This team's doing a London Welsh. I'll, I'll stick up for the Championship and say the greatest showcase of the Championship is the Premiership. I mean. Go on. Well, how many great players in the champ in the Premiership and 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 one of the greatest showcase of the Championship is England rugby. I mean, I don't agree with that. Unfortunately, pound, um, pound for pound, what the Championship uh, money, uh, what the Championship clubs have invested versus the players they produce. There's there's a good number of players uh, historically who've played for England who have got. Championship experience. experience, yeah. Experience would be the key word, not development. Yeah, because like a couple of great examples uh, in the England team at the moment: Joe Marler and Dan Cole, both played at that level, mm-hmm. but they weren't. They were Leicester and Quinn's academies yeah. who were then loaned out yeah. to get. The reason experience. I don't like that comment is because I think I don't even think it's fair on the championship to expect it. Really, like you've alluded to, it has been gutted by the by, yeah. by the yeah. RFU. I just think, like, that's not, not true, but it's not true because they've done a bad job. It's not true because, you know, they're not allowed the players. 
Like they're simply just not allowed them. They either go but on loan. Again, or... I, I I would go back to the time before the swinging cuts came in, and the championship had a modicum of funding from and and a route to the Premiership. And I think I'm just trying to think of a player that's playing now. Friend of the pod, Harry uh, Williams came. From Mark, Mark Atkinson, yeah, Bed, yeah. Bed, Bedford, and Sedgley before that. Sedgley Park, Sedgley Park, and yeah. and. And Bedford. another one let go by Steve Diamond. But but at that time, so we're going back maybe ten years. The championship was prolific at producing. Yes, and I think players. that's probably where you need to be. I mean, right now it's definitely no, no, not. no. But there's a con- the context in that isn't the the context in that is the cause and effect. The mo- the money that's been gutted from championship clubs and the where did it go? Huh? Where did, <laughs> where did it go? go? Yeah, yeah. Where, where it, did it go? Yeah. Well, I'm, we, I'm we not going to get into that. We, we know, know where we know, we know we where, where that money went, went and we're, we, we, we're on a positive of women's sport at the moment yeah. on this podcast, so we, we're not going to follow that yeah. thread. I don't know what you were talking about. That's what I was going to say, Phil. <laughs> no, no I, look, a, a robust and interesting discussion. That it, I'm kind of with you. The championship should be somewhere where you can leave pre- Premiership rugby and almost be maintained as a high-quality Premiership player. Or if you're, mm. if you're a prop, exactly as you said. Yeah, like, what, like Again, I would say England have lost two World Cup matches against South Africa because they don't have any props during the same period of time when Championship has been gutted mm. and the sort of opportunities for players like Joe Marler and Dan Cole, which Phil mentioned, have not existed in the way they existed 10 years ago. I'm absolutely confident to say there is a cause and effect there. And one of Phil's former teammates that we mentioned a bunch of times on this, Petrus Duplessis, European Cup winner. Who came over to, um, to first play. You know what club he first played at when he came to England? Petrus Duplessis. But it wasn't Sedgley Park. wasn't Sedgley. Uh, Liverpool St Helens. Liverpool St Helens. Yeah. Everything links back to St Helens. Liverpool St Helens. And before that, he's probably uh, yeah. one of the other great... Um, uh, breeding grounds for international high caliber players. It was, I think, it was Stellenbosch University. Nice. So that's uh, do you know uh, tra- like trend tested route. The championship as an entity, it'd be nice to sort of you know, get it going again. I think they need to try something completely different. I would like to see the regionalisation of all the leagues. I think national national league rugby should be ditched because I honestly think that when you're paying the amount of money that you're paying these lads, it's not much. It really isn't much. You can get lads playing level two. And sorry, not level two, level three. And you're talking about like what do you say, Phil? Four hundred pound a week. If you're lucky, that's decent. Not, yeah, yeah. Two hundred pound a week. Decent. Yeah, yeah. You've literally just been paid to wake up early in the morning and travel. Yeah, hundred pounds a game for yeah. for many lads. So the amount of lads that drop out but do not drop down the leagues because of that is huge. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely huge. Because because the commitment is if you're playing that. That's why I that, stopped playing national one. Yeah, tier, yeah. If you're playing that tier one, national one. Uh, sorry, tier. Three national one, then it is for 30 weeks of the year. um, It's your full Saturday gone. And sometimes even your Friday. I remember setting off to uh, Red Ruth or Launceston. Mm. Great, great road trips. Yeah, well, the the road trip back is great on a Saturday night when you're having a few cans. The road trip down, I remember setting off at midday on a Friday. Horrendous. Having to take the afternoon off work. Yep. Midday and Friday, getting stuck on the M6 and M4. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. For, uh, I'm five, uh, for hours and hours and hours, taking 10, 12 hours, like you arrive uh, down in Cornwall just as like the restaurant is shutting in the hotel you're staying in, so you have to have like cold food. And it's just... It's awful. The whole thing's awful. Yeah, just a... a so, I, for it's, 80 it's, minutes of rugby. So if you say like... Yeah, yeah, and, and for 100 quid. Yeah. And like, all, the, all the leagues that, should be... Below minimum wage if you counted the hours that you're um, on the clock. Yeah, they should all be regional. So like the top league in Lancashire should be something. And they should have these repeat games over and over again because those are the games that mean something uh, mm. to people. So when you're in the National League, there's a good chance that you do not see your local rival for years. Now, I don't even know who Sedgwick Park's local rival is. It used to be Preston, probably Maxfield at one point. Maybe, Barry. Maybe Sale. Historically, I guess the closest club would be uh, Broughton, not Broughton Park. Yeah, is Berry is Berry not just round the corner? Uh, well, Berry. I mean, that's like a level nine. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, okay, right. But it's yeah, it's not far away. It's probably fifteen minutes drive. They might be like level eight. I, I don't know actually. But or, or Berry New York. You Road. want repeats of these? Gr- I mean, imagine like the Broughton Park Didsbury yesterday. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's a historic fixture. Well, well, well actually, actually it's Bro- not. Park, no, Broughton Park Wilmslow is a historic fixture. Broughton Park Wil- Wilmslow is a cracking fixture. Broughton Park Talk H is not a historic. It's the first time our first teams have ever played each other, and we're running distance from each other. But Broughton Park Wilmslow, because I, I went to Wilmslow because my uh, my old man is a, a lifetime member there, and he was meeting up with a, f- a load of the old boys, and. That game used to happen back in the like seventies, and there were England internationals on both teams. Wilmslow famously turned away Will Carling because he expected to start. I like, know we're happy with our senses, thanks. And he's like, "Well, do you know who I am?" I was like, it doesn't really matter. We're not, we're not starting. I love it. Yeah. So that's how I think we, they, they should do it. They should yeah. just regionalise the whole thing and get rid of nas- National League rugby because I think you keep a load more lads in. The more lads that you keep in, the higher the overall standard of playing because you play better with, with good, with good yeah. players. And then you start to get local communities engaged because the best one in the world, no matter how much I like Phil, I'm not going to watch him play at Launchton. <laughs> right? But I might go and watch him play at Preston and I might go yeah, and watch yeah, him yeah. play... play Play, play at Macclesfield and the Macclesfield crowd might go and watch him play at Sedgley Park and if you can't keep it all regional and I if, think if so, that's tied to a, and you save the money yeah if that's tied to a representative pathway like they yes. s- that they used to have like I was just going back to going all full circle onto the lads in my son's team that are really really good if they end up playing really well for a local team playing a big matchup well they're going to get spotted play for Lancashire well, and that's going to really mean something and then this is where this is where it could all tie into a unified global season and what we've spoken about before in having like the stratified sections of this in the, the top tier, this is your um, domestic country, this is your regional, like European or um, Southern Hemisphere international um, or club tournament, mm. and then this is your international window where you could have a sh- condensed, because there's fewer teams or regional teams playing, condensed uh, club uh, regional league and then go on to representative. Well, this is the beauty be- of one competition that the the RFU have got correct, which is last year's much maligned Papa John's Cup, which I think is a brilliant invention, by the way. 
where this is you're competing in your across the whole country in your kind of band. I'm like, not sure you do go across the whole country. So, ulti- sorry, ultimately, like ultimately, ultimately, you yeah. could play. I think so. So ultimately, so. someone from so you the play North Yorkshire could, all, yeah, all level yeah. six and level seven clubs in the country, yeah. for example, would be lumped together. Yes, ultimately, ultimately. you play against local teams first, yeah, and then and it gets the in the semi-final. The reason I'm final. saying that, maybe it's a random draw, but it seems like all of our fixtures this year are from uh, Yorkshire. That could be a coincidence. I, I, I don't know. So at Harrogate Pythons, we've got uh, whoever else. But that would be, wouldn't it? Like you win your regional league. And then everything culminates in Twickenham. And if you're still around when you get to Twickenham, Premiership clubs are going to be going going to those games. They're going to be going to all of those games, saying you, 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 and you. And the quality would be so high because, of course, you're keeping all those players that would otherwise be not involved in rugby because they don't want to travel and they don't want to drop down, drop down the leagues in the game. It'd be so much better. Yeah. So that that's the interesting bit for me because it's the number of lads that drop out is enormous, and a big thing is the. The, the huge travel for virtually no money mm. so if, is however if you don't keep those in you've got a or if you don't keep significantly more to outweigh the um what would be a reduced quality in league and there's well, a trade-off it, yeah. it would start off i believe as a reduced quality league but the idea would be it would improve yeah so i just look at the liverpool clubs right so you've got uh Birkenhead park who used to be an absolute powerhouse. You've got yep. LSH, who at one point were very good. And you've got Coldy, Collegiate, Collegiate Southport, New Brighton, Coldy. Waterloo. Waterloo. Waterloo, of course. Like, you just, these are great clubs. Now, if they manage to keep all of their players like regionally, that is one hell of a competition. Mm. And you want to watch it every single year. And it's going to get tasty. And it's going to get a bit violent. I mean, this is what we want to see. Well, we tried to organise that at... at Again, with my son's team in mind, at under six, well, it was under 15 level when we looked at doing it. Uh, we got in touch with, we thought, what clubs are inside the M60 or around the M60 in Manchester? And could we organ, could we just get all those, like, I think it was like eight, eight or nine clubs, could we get them all together and go, over the course of a season, we'll play home and away and we'll just make a league and just have a little, like... I can't imagine the bureaucracy that you ran into here. A hundred percent. Is that what happened? Lancashire (laughs) Union got wind of this and just went, no, you cannot do it. Why? For what reason? Uh, Insurance? I don't know. They they just, they thought it would, uh, they were were worried it would take precedence or it would, in our, it would take more, um, what's the word, prestige over their Lancashire Cups. The only thing I would say... absolutely against it. The only thing I would say in Lancashire's defence here, and I'm not one to defend Lancashire or the RFU, but I will say this, is I saw something like this happen with Talk H and some of the Cheshire clubs, and we made our own league because they didn't want to travel. And I thought that was a disgraceful decision. But actually, once there's a terminal velocity of clubs, like uh, a critical mass, you just have to sort of join. Mm. You have to join because you know. But it screwed over all the Cumbrian teams, and they and they didn't deserve that. So I mean, I don't think Lancashire are that for, forward facing. Remember, I've, I've been to some of their meetings, and. You know, they are worried about the prestige of the league. But, you know, if you had a inner M60 league, which was absolutely kicking off, but, you know, it, 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 that, that, that'd be awesome. But that's not what they want. They want everyone in Lancashire to be able to play high-quality rugby. Which, we, we weren't saying we wouldn't carry on playing against Macclesfield and Wilmslow and Yeah, they just see it, com- we, we it as competition. We just wanted a Manchester championship. That'd be awesome. Mm. Who, who do you have? Uh, Winnie's? TMV, Winnie's. 
Oldwini, yeah, Oldwinians. TMV are not. They're not the inside the M60. the M60. They're outside, but oh, they're close they're, enough. They are a stone's throw. They are stone's throw. If you can throw a you stone, you can see the M60. M60. You can see the M60 yeah. from their pitch. So I think that counts. So uh, it's TMV. Um, it was Broughton Park. It was uh, Oldwinians, as you mentioned. Going Burnage? Ra- going round Burnage. Ironically, not Manchester in a Manchester not, league. No, no, they're <laughs> they in are, the Stockport league. They are out. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you had... Well, Cheshire league. I'm just thinking round the north. We counted Sesley Park because it's not far. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, from the... What if you uh, count them? Do you count like Berry? Berry. What? what De La Salle? Uh, De La Salle's inside. No, a lot of them don't have teams at under at that, that age group. <laughs> but yeah. You don't want to be playing yeah, De La Salle. Yeah. Broughton? Don't have a team. Do they not? Mm-hmm. Um, who else is there? Beads? Don't have a team. Talk H? Don't have a team. Um, Heatonmore? Yes, Heatonmore. Um, mm. Is there another one somewhere? Somewhere. There's, yeah. probably, another one in, there's probably another one in Salford somewhere. Hmm, is there another oh, one? Oh, what's that? What's that, like, proper... Oh, Duckinfield? Duckinfield, yes. Duckinfield? I mean, that is quite a way outside the M6. That is outside you're, you're, you're up on it? A, you're but up on a hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have them, then, we didn't have them in it. You're, you're in the Pennines. No, you're not. not Duck, no, Duck, no, that's Club. Duckinfield. That's not Duckinfield. Duckinfield's, like, it's, close to Manchester. It's like uh, Ashton the Line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you're... Ashton you're, the Line? You are, no. as you're going up yeah, 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 yeah. into I think, the Pennines. I need to look at the drug Anyway, field. anyway. I, I feel Duckinfield anyway, inside the M60. I love the idea of regional It's definitely stuff. not it, I love inside it. the M60. Localise it. I want, I want my politics localised as possible, and I want my rugby as localised as possible. Exactly right. I'm with you. Totally agree. Uh, should we look ahead to Six Nations a little bit? Yeah, why not? Oh, talking about like um, uh, prestige and pathways and stuff, I have just booked flights to go to I'm going to South Africa twice this year oh, I, I wow. thought you were do you know why I thought that why because we keep getting bloody emails about your trip <laughs> it's like oh Tim when are you in South Africa I'm like Tim's not going to South Africa that's, that's ridiculous <laughs> I'm going in I was, was going to go for the two island tests June July last week of, uh, first two weeks in July and I am going for those but what I have done is extended my trip so I get a bit of what they call Craven Week. Have you heard of Craven Oh, Week? I have, yes. So uh, John O'Ross made his name in Craven Week. Oh, Craven Week's going to be absolutely the superb. colleges. It's the schools. The school. It's the schools championship. So oh, reluctantly... So, the, so, the top 20 schools in South Africa and Zimbabwe um, get together and they play this tournament over one week and I'm going to be there at the final three days of that. So reluctantly, Phil, I will admit that Duckinfield is fairly outside the M60. Yeah. It's, it's only... I've, I've just looked up as well. It's maybe 2K, 3K. Outside. Yeah. Anyway, I don't th- don't think they were they were one of the teams. But anyway, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so so I'm going to be yeah going to be at Craven Week, um, mm. which I'm that. So where where is that? That well, this year it's just outside. It's in Krugersdorp, which is near Johannesburg. Okay. So the first test for Ireland v South Africa South Africa v Ireland is in Pretoria. Yeah. So I will fly into Johannesburg, go straight, straight to, to Pre- Krugersdorp Dorf yeah. for a few days, and then and go to Pretoria. Well, maybe head, maybe do some stuff between. You find some Eccles. You find some good national. Eccles. Yes. They are. They are. Ju- and again, just. they are a stone throw. The pitch, <laughs> you, the pitch runs by the, yeah. the M60. Runs by the pitch. Yeah. Good shout. Yes. Um. Yeah. So that that and I'm looking forward to seeing some of those lads from great like Gray's College and. There'll be some handy talent there. Some very you can do this. Will be like uh, the twenty under twenties in 2015. Was it 2015? Oh, yeah. When you scouted Geordie Barrett and, and Andrew yeah, Porter, and Peter Steph Toy, and yes, Antoine Dupont and Stockers, yeah, and uh, what's his name, Porter, yeah, all those boys, yeah, yeah, uh, you'll be coming back 
And then with, with some scouting tips. And so then, that's that's trip number one. That's trip number one. Trip number two is in all, uh, last week in August, first week in September, South Africa v New Zealand, two tests. Awesome. So where are the two tests? Uh, Cape Town. Uh, yeah. So the Ireland tests are Pretoria and Durban. Nice. And the Durban's good fun. New Zealand tests are Johannesburg and. Cape Town. Cape Town. So yes. I'm ju- I, so I want to get into Cape uh, Johannesburg as close to the start of the match as possible. Mm. Yes. No, nothing against Johannesburg. I'll just I'll spend my time in Cape Town. Well, yes. do you know I say I don't want I don't want to go street. east. Sorry. Yeah. The way I say I don't want to go east. I have very similar feelings about South Africa now. Like not really that interested to be honest. I'm sure uh, I've been there twice. Wonderful people. Uh, oh yeah, the people that I'd mix with are not really the problem. Um, I, I'm just. I just think it's too too dangerous. It's. I just think it's far far too dangerous. Uh, there's no way. There's just no way. So I went to South Africa eight years ago, uh, which coincided with your second trip it, to it South did. Africa, uh, and it felt then a bit like how many more like amazing, like truly amazing country, Fun, phenomenal geography, um, wildlife, food, drink, everything, climate all absolutely off the chart. But it felt then, like when I was in um, Cape Town then, there was um, kind of rolling um, blackouts blackouts and limits on water use. And that has only got worse since that point. It kind of feels like... Everything's failing there, isn't it? You wouldn't wouldn't dream of going to Zimbabwe at the moment. It's Uh, basically the... There's lots of rugby players who are only playing outside Zimbabwe because they can no longer... They're born in Zimbabwe and can no longer live in Zimbabwe. Uh, so, so I'm, so I'm spending, like five, I'm spending five years, uh, five five weeks of Can this I just summer. Say, there, the good news it is, it will be amazing. Yeah, it'll be amazing. It is, it is amazing, and it's one of the few places you, in the world where you get a lot for your pound. You'll go there with your English wealth, okay, and you'll have an amazing time. But the good news is, you'll get an accurate representation of what Britain's going to be like <laughs> in, in, in in twenty years. <laughs> Oh dear. But Cape Town's amazing though, right? That's what, but Cape Town is amazing. Is it just common, surely it's just common sense stuff. Anyway, I'll talk about this nearer the it's, time. It is, um, it is common sense. I'll tell you a few stories well, that where yeah. I didn't apply common sense that I would strongly recommend. Basically, get taxis everywhere. At the night, in, night time, Uber everywhere. Just Uber everywhere. It's dirt cheap and much, much safer. <laughs> okay, cool. Logged. Um, six we've got, nations. We've got some games next week we've to got talk some about. games. I'm going up to Scotland for England. Are you? Bloody hell, you're doing some miles now, Tim. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, you've got to go where the stories are, JB. Yeah, you got, yeah. <laughs> you, you got to use those expenses. <laughs> <laughs> it is tax efficient, isn't it, to go on all these holidays? So, games, chronological order. We have 2.15 on Saturday, Ireland hosting Wales, which, can anyone see anything other than a five-league five point win for Ireland? No, no, no. I'd love to say I could, because I want Wales to win. I'd love to beat Ireland. Although I think Ireland are going to f- fall at the final hurdle. Against England? Yeah, because it's, Ir- it's Ireland, isn't it? So. <laughs> no, they do all no, right. No, no, they'll, they'll win right. this. In between, I, in between. Yeah, they'll win this Grand Slam. It'll be the best Grand Slam they've ever won. They'll get hammered, and then they'll lose Europe. That's, that's what I think will happen. So, Ireland smash Wales. Then, the interesting game. The interesting game of the week. Because on Sunday, we've got France versus Italy, which... No one really cares about France going to handily beat them. 
Saturday afternoon, quarter to five. The Fact- worst kickoff time for me. I will not be watching at that time. I will. I will go dark at about oh, half four. Why? And watch oh. it at eight pm. Why? Or just just so I can be- actually just, watch the game before we get to that one. Why is this matchup in? Is it Dublin? The island? Is it Ireland Wales? Ireland Dublin. Yeah. In, yeah. Why is this particular fixture in Dublin oh. significant? Historic. God. Historic. The, the final. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's because. It's because rugby hates its audience, doesn't it? That's effectively it. It's not doing what Courtney Law says. Yeah, because apparently if we don't have the colourblind crowd, what do we have? And the answer is nothing. And you know, you know this is a bad idea, not because I say it's a bad idea, but because of all the people that say it's a good idea. If you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't seen the story, it would yeah. be the last time that uh, Wales wear red and Ireland wear green in a test match. Yeah, I mean, colourblindness is a very serious... And I fully sympathise with you know, anyone who suffers from it. But on the other hand, I think your national colours are too important. And if this is my cap, I want my jersey on and I want to play. Because we do tend to forget, don't we? The game is not actually for the audience. I'm sure people say that they... they well, depends how how you look at it. But one of the ways that you can look at it, certainly the way that I look at it, is it's primarily for the players. When you pull on that jersey at international level, you've earned that. And if your only international cap is in the horrible yellow jersey that Wales wore, God knows how long ago, or the absolutely foul purple jersey that England issued, or any other absolute monstrosities which these alternative kits kits invariably are, it's rubbish for you. It is absolutely rubbish. Playing in national colours. I was watching... um, Well, what about, I'll just say, what about Lions v South Africa? Good point. Crikey. Great point. Don't know. Presumably, South Africa have got to play in white. But they should be playing in their national colours. They should be, because they're the national colours. And all the people that say, oh, if you're getting angry about this, you know, they're all exactly the people that you... I'd like to know how many... Listen, colour blindness is is a thing. It's real. It exists. How many people who are colour blind are complaining that this is a problem? That's what I would like to know, because... Yeah, it's, well, it's very much the vegetarian issue, right? So the vegetarian issue, it goes something like this, which is, you know, if you are expecting no vegetarians, you basically just have, you know, pepperoni pizza. If you're expecting one uh, one one vegetarian, like half the pizzas then become ve- vegetarian because you always cater for this minority all, all the time. So it only takes two or three people to make a real racket and then you've got to change the whole sport. So... Yeah, that's that, that's all that's happened here. What they it is a pro- it is a real issue. Yeah, it is. It's a real just issue. not important enough for me to really change the game for. Mm. Well, that's well, hard. One thing they it. used to do when you look at old fixtures and, and you you can see the colorized pictures, but many people had black and white televisions, so mm. so the color was was taken out of the fact. Wales quite often would wear would play with black shorts uh, against uh, against Ireland, for example. There you go. So that's. That's one way. Or you have a, a special. Yeah, why can't so, the shorts change? That's a great point. Short, shorts is a nice, easy way. Or you have a, a special kit which serves two purposes. So you have red and green, but the red might have a detailing of stripes and the green might have a detailing of hoops. Or you only actually need to change one of them. Give give the away team the stripes well, or the hoops. So I'm, and that that actually yeah. allows allows you to then sell a a third another kit, which um, even though it's not always the best idea to have multiple kits, it will raise a bit of extra cash. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. do something a little well, bit different. One of the things I wanted to steal from the NFL was the mandatory white, white. kit. Yeah. I, Everyone has to have a white kit. I do like that. 
Yeah. But the problem is England and Fiji is their, is their primary no, but they, Yeah, but so your home have a team gets to choose or yeah. the away team. So there's always like a, a way yeah. to get around this. So if you're the away team, the home team changes kit. Yeah, which uh, they didn't They've change that. Yeah, because Scotland France didn't didn't the, apply that. Yeah, they've they? now changed that, that it's the home team that changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it used, always, it used to be that. It used to be that. Sorry, yes. So, so, so Scotland played in the dark yeah. blue, even though they were... And that's a historic two. thing, because a club would turn that's, up... And they go, oh, we've got the same kit. Yeah. And you're at the, you're the home club. Oh, we'll so go and get our other kit. shirts. And it's also, yeah. it feels right because it feels hospitable. Mm. So I quite like that. Yeah, I just don't think it's important enough. But, you know, the people that make, the people that make the decisions in rugby are so, so enamoured with everything else other than the people that enjoy rugby. It, it's beyond me. It do, is beyond me. Do what Courtney Law says. Celebrate why people actually play and love the game, which is brutal physicality. God, imagine getting your only cap in that England purple shirt. What was the what was the point in the hard work? So I, I watched <laughs> I watched a game uh, on was it Friday? no Saturday night, um, a free to air rugby game on Saturday night, which was um, I was appalled. Oh, oh, I know, I know. I, yeah, I was appalled at the colour of the Ulster. kit. No, no, that was lost. Now I believe uh, Ospreys. Ospreys, sorry. Yeah, I minute, believe it would be ball. the blue of Wigan. The blue. Why were Wigan playing in blue? I and thought exactly this. This this fixture might be the single most watched fixture of all rugby league games ever. So are we talking Wigan and St Helens? No, no, it wasn't St Helens. It was um, Wigan so Leeds. As in, as in this game, a bit of this game. Actually, probably this game is the most viewed game of all time in rugby league. I would, I would go as far to make that statement. Is it Cass? Was it, was it Cass? It was Cass. Yeah. Because Wigan v Cass is the game with the famous Mick Morgan. Oh, yes. It's I can't yellow, speak. It give me a yellow card. Uh, I, I, that's another thing that this podcast takes credit for. <laughs> I can't take credit for Mick Morgan's genius. No, I'm not taking credit for his genius. I'm taking credit. I think he would have been found. That kind of genius doesn't say. I, I, I think we, we we took that Mick Morgan bit of genius and on our podcast ten years ago sent it sent it out into the rugby. And those union ten world. people that were listening told all their mates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in that in that you had both in hoops, you had primarily orange and black of the. Castleford Tigers, obviously, and the red and white hoops. Is there? There is the kits of that very. Clip. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, who like wants that, to watch Wigan in you, blue? If you watch, if you look at that, it, it, I genuinely believe that that clip will be the most shared rugby yeah. clip of all time. Of all time. It's, it's shared all around the world. Like, um, from a commercial so, point of view, and this is why are they not wearing? Why are they not celebrating like that? Enjoying that, that celebrating that? No, the the Wigan kit was this blue, bluey purple. It just. It, you, you had no What's idea. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. It's like, again, we've talked about this before. It was a nice idea at the time, but in years to come, Exeter Chiefs will rue wearing lilac when they, when the, they won when they their won. double. If that's the only time yeah. they ever win the European Cup, they've got a photo not in their classic club colours. The only people I, I forgive for dreadful kits is, is the Ospreys. Because... It has to be a dreadful kit to be an Osprey's kit now. They, they don't have any heritage, do they? It's not like you look back at the olden days like, God, that was a great Osprey's kit. They've always been disgusting. And there are certain there are certain French teams. Yeah. So not your Racing 92s, not your Toulouse's. Or, sorry, not Racing 92 or Toulouse um, specifically. But there are other teams like, um, say, a Mont- Mont- say, Montpellier or Pau or uh, Perpignan. 
they have to have kind of far, far too many sponsors I far too that. busy and if, and if I may I was at Wilmslow Rugby Club yesterday and my, uh, in in the little box of memory stuff that's uh, that is in the loft at my mum's house I've had this and I, I've got my eye on the shirt is a cotton thick cotton Wilmslow shirt nice sky, sky blue it's mm. got the white hoop with yep. the with the Navy? with the maroon, oh, maroon yeah, with the maroon trim around the white hoop, and the number is on a diamond. So it's a diamond That's patch, cool. not yeah. a square. Not not. It's the same shape as the square, mm. but it's tilted round forty five degrees or yeah, yeah, ninety degrees, well, forty five degrees. degrees yeah. So that it's at a diamond shape, and that's what's that's the shirt. And I was delighted when the Wilmslow team ran out onto the pitch. It was sky blue, white hoop with the maroon. Um, detail on the hoop and the numbers on a diamond. Oh, the diamond One. is a it's an unusual touch these days. I yeah. think that's classic. I love that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It, and it means something. It, it does. Do, it's all about history, isn't it? Like you turn on an American football game and you know you're watching the Dallas Cowboys. You know you're watching the, the 49ers. And but how sad is it that you turn on the TV? And even for a rugby fan, I mean, I'm not a massive rugby league fan, but I instantly recognise one of the most famous sports teams. Of all time, so mm. one of the, the one of the most successful British sports teams of, of all time is in blue. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's a disgrace. They they you, always had that as their change kit, but they didn't well, need to change. No, they didn't need to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just didn't need to. There is absolutely zero need to change. And Cass have got plenty of history. Anyway, this isn't about Cass and uh, no. But we do this any we do this in the Premiership all the time. Oh yeah, but and it is that goal, and then I like the idea of. Um, having a white alternative kit and your other idea of having, was it a four-year freeze on kit changes? 100%. 100%. I'd love one club just to, or it'd have to be a few clubs, to run the numbers and see. I mean, you could get the numbers from the NFL, but, I guess. But yeah. You could have the same design, but you, then you could just go, oh, we're going to release a, a a throwback cotton version of our current kit. Yeah. Yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah. Here's an actual match replica special. one. Make it yeah. Because the, the fans, there's very few fans who are buying Every kit every year, anyway, unless you're a, 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 a psychopath. In? Psychopath, psychopath yes. yeah. <laughs> well, rugby, rugby, or your very eight. few, yeah. Eight year old, <laughs> eight year old football fanatics will have every kit. Other than that, no one has it. Well, they tend to buy in three, three or four year cycles, I'd guess. Yeah, but they're yeah. all staggered, so yeah, they yeah. think they're selling more shirts, and they're not. They're not because if you just have the one shirt for four years, everyone would buy it instantly, and then the next one comes out, and then everyone buys that instantly. Yeah, you know, it'd yeah. be. I guess it might be unevenly distributed cash flow, but it'd be so much better. You'd sell so many. I would buy the sale shirt. If sale had one kit every four years, I would buy it without a doubt. Well, and they'd have to make sure it was a spot design, on. Absolutely spot on. Like Leicester Tigers yeah, yeah. would never release this year's kit if they knew it was going to be their kit for four years. Uh, no, they would have that lovely one with the single stripe yeah, or, the, or the mint green. And they'd do something nice. Like they wouldn't, they'd never, ever attempt to have that faded hoop design. That would be mental for that for four years. <laughs> right. To finish, yeah, shall we talk talking. about some actual rugby yeah, again? Yeah. Do we have to? That is going to happen oh, next God. weekend. Can give, me your, right, give me your predictions. Finn Russell versus England's blitz defence. Who comes out on top? Finn Russell, I'd say. Because South Africa sh- shut down Finn Russell you know, in the World they, Cup. They did, actually. They, did. they completely yeah. closed him down. Yeah. Um, and it, um, I guess Felix Jones will have seen him. More than a few times, um, but then again, it's, Italy managed to pick apart England's blitz defence, and yeah, Wales, true. with a couple of inside pops, managed to get through England's blitz defence. So it's still yeah, a work in progress. Right. 
they, they have nowhere near the level of cohesion that South Africa do. Not, uh, not even on the, the same page. Interesting. Because Finn, Finn Russell's kicking game is very, very astute. Short and long. He's had some beautiful long kicks in this tournament already. Well, I'm just looking at the rugby paper there in front of you, Phil. It says, uh, Russell gives Scotland the edge for the Calcutta Cup. A bold... A bold opinion to give for Jerry Guscott. Well, at this point... I have to agree. I, I don't totally often agree, agree with, with Guscott, but him. I agree with that headline. Yeah, at this point, you've got to say Finn Russell's the best fly half in the competition. Jalabert is probably... Him and Jalabert, one and two. Yeah. I don't yeah. know which way around, but no, I, they're up there. No, Finn, Finn is number one. Um, I, think, I think it's actually Finn and Ford. Jalabert is a superb player. He beats lots of defenders. He carries too much, if anything. He's not got the uh, tactical acumen. Yeah, oh. France, France has struggled in their two games. Actually, can I just talk about some rugby before we talk about actual rugby? <laughs> yeah, of course. Have you noticed that Gobisi is moving clubs? Yes. Mid-season. Toulon. Have you seen this? Yeah. yeah. So Gobisi is going to Toulon. And I've got me thinking like, well, hang on a minute. Who's going to play at Montpellier? Because they've just got rid of like two world-class fly halves. Like it just doesn't, it just do, do, doesn't, doesn't matter. And they've just hammered... Uh, Henry Arundel's Racing ninety two. Yeah. So have you, they? Hammerdom, yeah. So, in Paris. Do you know who Ooh, plays ten for Montpellier? Uh, I will know it when you say uh, it. As soon as I say it's his not, name, you you'll know. It's not the guy who left Toulon. So yes, Louis Carbonell. Carbonell. Oh, yeah. Right. So Louis yeah. Carbonell now plays. So Toulon have got rid of their fly halves. So at one point, presumably they had all three of these fly halves on <laughs> uh, on the books. Carbonell's gone over to Montpellier. Montpellier have lost Garbisi to Toulon. Yep. Toulon also... They've got Dan Bigger. Have, yeah, they've got Dan Bigger. But prior to Dan Bigger, they experimented with the La Rochelle fly half. Um, Ehaya West. E- Ehaya West. Uh, which means that Hastoy gets a go. The point I'm trying to make here is I was thinking, like, how do these French fly halves progress? Because they're constantly chopping and changing. Mm. Like, J- J- uh, Joel... Is it Joel? Pelisson? Plisson. Plisson? Jules. Jules Plisson, yeah. He's been, I mean, he's obviously not he's. a French player, but he was at one point, and he's been yeah, abs- yeah. absolutely everywhere. Yeah. You know, and so, well, Cami Lopez's Bayon got a win against Clermont yesterday, so that's all Yeah, nice. hammered Clermont. Very few of these French Flyhoffs are having any sort of continuity with, with their club. Yeah, oh, Jalibert might be the... Jalibert and Entermac. I can't imagine Entermac yeah, ever Entermac's going nowhere. And Jalibert, hopefully not as well. There again, we have Joe Ford, uh, George Ford. And he's not exactly Mr. Consistent when it, com- when it, when it comes to clubs. But yeah. Owen, Far- Owen Farrell has... Phenomenally n- consistent. Never moved. Marcus, I can't remember Marcus Smith. Smith won't move. I doubt Finn Smith will move until it's time for his last contract. Yeah, Marcus Smith... It depends. If he stays second or third choice, you could see him going to, to France... Uh, at the end of his deal, yeah. Or well, even, even possibly before. I reckon if that happens, the end of his deal, Harlequins will go to go and make him the most expensive player on the Harlequins in the Harlequins squad by a country mile, which he probably already is. Other than Esther yeah. Hazen, yeah, I'm sure he's already the marquee. But yeah, oh yeah, what, he, he, well, he, in, he ter- be, in terms of fly half, who who was fly half yesterday for the top of the table team in Russell. the top fourteen? Gilbert. Uh, for the top of the table is Leon top of the table no Leon at second bottom 
Uh, no, they're not saying Montpellier are off the bottom, they're second bottom now, and Oyana are bottom. But uh, okay. Uh, so number second in the top fourteen is Toulouse, who was playing fly half for them most recently. Oh, it's the lad from uh, Worcester. Uh, Searle. Billy Searle. For Toulouse. No, no. Uh, uh, actually, he wasn't playing there yesterday. But Brilliant. Antoine de Pont last week was playing 10 for Toulouse. He played, yeah, he played. Looking awesome. So what well. are the choices? Antoine de Pont uh, or Billy Searle? No, 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 no. no. So what, it was Juan Cruz Malia playing 10 for Toulouse. Okay, okay. Uh, but wow. the, the top of the table team in the top 14 is Stade Francais. Ah, is it? So what table, Gustard, Stade Francais. What table was I looking at? And... <laughs> Uh, they beat Perpignan yesterday, and who is who is it's who was the fly lad, half? The lad who went from he went to Leicester from France has gone back to France. Henry, Zach, Zach, Henry. Zach Henry, Henry, Zach Henry, fly half for the top top of the table in top fourteen. Yeah, that get is him into England. That is incredible, isn't it? It's quite something. Mm. But who was their fly? Who's been the fly half in Europe though? It isn't him. It's a French lad. Um, Whose yeah. name escapes me now? Well, they yeah. rotated in Europe, didn't they? After they got hammered by Sale, they basically just. I'm sure they had. So that was a, a weakened team. Going Sigon? For... No. Uh, it doesn't ring a bell. Let me have a look. Big home match. Let's pick the La Rochelle game at home. They'll, they've picked their best team for that one. And it was Sigon's. Yeah, may, maybe it is him then. Yeah, he was the one that. Yeah, maybe it is him that I've watched in, in, in Europe. Hmm. Oh my god! I was looking at the Bayon versus Clermont. You had your boys had Camille Lopez, Camille obviously Lopez. famous Clermont stalwart. Yeah, and Clermont had Erda Paletta. Yeah, who must be? He must be nearly four, late thirties now. He is ancient. No, he can't. He's not. No, thirty-five. Uh, he is thirty-eight. Wow. In three weeks' time. Maxime Machineau, nine, and Cali Lopez, ten. I love it. He'll, um, at this rate, he'll be playing at Ealing. <laughs> <laughs> right, England, Scotland. Who's going who's, who's gonna to get the better? I, I, um, I'm going to go for Scotland. I think Scotland. Um, they, so I've, I've spoken to a couple of um, Scotland fans in the last couple of weeks who are really hurting about that, that final decision, losing, losing that game. Uh, not just the final decision, but Scotland had other opportunities yeah. to win it as well. And they sh- the bottom line is Scotland should have beaten France. And I think the players will just be focused on beating England. They, they've they got the edge over England over the last few years anyway. Yeah. And they've got an extra incentive to do so this week. Therefore, give me Scotland. Unfortunately, bearing in mind I'm going to be there. Uh, Scotland, I've never been to an England-Scotland game in Scotland and I gather it's quite the hostile atmosphere. Mm, I've so only I'm, been I'm quite to, looking forward to that. I've been to I've been to Murrayfield a few times. I don't think I've ever watched England there. I've watched Wales there several times. I've watched Ulster there. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I've ever been to England. Mm. No, I've never seen an England game. But yeah, that's that's one thing I've heard is it's pretty like, as international atmospheres go. It's like you'll feel the edge, which I'm, mm. I'm quite excited about. That will be good. Yeah, uh, and that. It, it will be a good game. That mm. that is the game of the weekend. And the other by two far. comfortable wins, unfortunately. I think Massive. Wales will put up a fight for at least the first half. I would be surprised if Wales score more than seven points, mm. and Ireland will score at least thirty. So, from that, I'm saying a 
three to a minimum three to four that's score a win. fairly comprehensive what, what, win. do you know what the bookie's saying what's the spread on the handicap can you look that up because they got it absolutely bang on last week uh, the last game against Italy they said it, they, they, the handicap was 34 points to Ireland and Ireland won 36 nil mm. so these bookies know what they're talking about yeah except when it comes to premiership rugby when you can actually make <laughs> money I, I can actually do that now oh uh, no you're not um Yes, I, yeah. actually, I can technically start betting on Premiership rugby. Do it, do it. You can be the next Rob Holy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rob Holy. Do you read, ever read the bets that he's putting on? Like, they weren't even good bets. Like two pound here, three pound there. Like they weren't. So the handicap on, on, on Betfair uh, Exchange at the moment, the handicap is Scotland minus three. Really? Yeah, and. Um, what did I say? So I said Wales, um, no more than seven. Ireland, about 30, which would make a 23-point spread. The bookies have got it at a 22-point spread. <laughs> See, so, not, the bookies and <laughs> Phil know what they're talking about. Uh, and France-Italy is a 28-point um, lead given mm. to France, which, again, it's probably about right. Ireland? Ireland-Wales? 22 points. Yeah, 22 points. So the exchange markets are saying a narrow England win? No. Oh, a, a narrow Scotland narrow win. Narrow Scotland right. win. Yeah, oh, Scotland okay. minus three. Oh, okay. Right, got yeah. you. Yes. Yeah, that's about right. I, I think it probably is. Excellent. Right. Done. Thank Done. you very much for listening. Hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Patreon.com slash egg chases. And oh, well done on the podcast with Mark Evans. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, f- thank you very much. So we're aiming for the first Tuesday of every month to discuss business. Yes. So lots and lots of business. You, I, I like the, the suggested name of Egonomics. I really like. Mark likes that one. I think mm. it's great. It's quite good. Don't know. It's not. Bit... It's not twee. It's good. I, th- I think it's as long. It's as clever. You, I think you need a subtitle in that. Then I think it's really clever. Egonomics, the business of rugby. Yes, exactly. Maybe. Egonomics colon the business of rugby. We will think about it. He is fascinating. Do you think he, he's yeah. such a? So I've not listened to this one, but I've listened to him in the past. I find him. I mean, obviously, it requires the raw talent to bring the fascinating aspect of him out, which is me. But he is fascinating, of course. So you're saying you're um, the Stephen Bartlett of the (laughs) situation? No, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm the straw that stirs the drink. No, on a serious note, it's it's awesome. It is absolutely... Did you listen to the... Did you get to the part where... I've listened. Phil hasn't. Oh, you haven't listened. I've not yet. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it. So next the bit on my which I enjoyed now. of all the bits was talking about the TV broadcasting. Yeah, because it's like proper economic development. That I, you know, you've yeah the uh, you've got a skill set which yeah. that which nation did not have, and now it has it. Now it has it. Yeah, and that's legit. And going from a, a crew of thirty people and all the equipment to now they only need two external people outside yeah. of Fiji. And they have the equipment natively. That's massive, isn't it? That's it's massive. so cool. It and you don't so cool. you don't think about that sort of thing when you um, when when you're just watching it. But yeah. that's so that's huge. If Drewer were a Premiership team, Phil, and they could get and that Premiership team could get the same numbers proportionally that that Drewer do in Fiji, as what, in as a proportion of the total population. <laughs> yeah. What do you? How many people would be watching that? I, I know the answer. That team on a weekend <laughs> on on TV. Uh, and, sorry, in England, so in England, it, yeah, England. Yeah. okay. So a proportionate number because there's only one team. So, there's only one yeah. rugby team. So just, let's just imagine England had one Premiership, one. Oh, so it doesn't matter. So yeah. it, let's let's take it as a Champions Cup final in England. It, an English team are in the Champions Cup final. 
how the equivalent, how many people would be watching that in England? One million. As an equivalent, <laughs> so one sixty fifth, one sixtieth of the population. Well, what, so I'm I'm working that at about two percent. Okay, S- it would be so if it was an equivalent population. Uh, in Fiji, the number of people that watch Drua on television in Fiji. Oh, sorry, on television. Yeah, television. Oh, television. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. So if you, if you try sorry, I was in the st- so, yeah. so I was working at. Yeah. Like, let me just explain my maths. I was working at um, about a million people in Fiji. I think it's a bit over that, but mm-hmm. round numbers. Uh, and twenty thousand people in the stadium. Oh, got you. So two percent of that. Uh, t- yeah. Two percent um, of fifty million for nice, yeah. easy round numbers got would you. be about. One million people. Uh, I get you thinking. But N- so now, so the now, number of people that watch so, the Druid in Fiji on telly, how many to make uh, it equivalent? How many people would be watching in England? Twelve million. Twenty uh, percent of the population, but more forty, fifty percent of the population. So you're talking thirty million. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sorry. Yeah, that's it's me trying to do maths while also listening to a question. So, wow. Also, that's or, awesome. Just an update from our uh, early discussion. Or if your contribution to academies is? Uh, well, the academy credit. I was going to say no, no, credit. No, no. For cash. The, for the to, cash in. Cash for the academy. Oh, well. Yeah. That's not strictly two, speaking two, what I meant. 250k, 200k, 200k. 400k. So okay. double double what I said, yeah. But yeah, it's not in the millions. It's not. It is yeah, huge. It is it huge is for rugby. Huge. There's no way it is huge for rugby, but it's not millions and millions and millions and millions. Yeah, that that is interesting. So I had, yeah, I, so yeah. There used to be a thing right? when you get when you get EQ, EQP credits for. Oh, that's not just for. Academy. No, no, that, that, yeah. that no, that's just the right to spend your own money. The academy product. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's yeah. extra to the salary cap, yeah. isn't it? So that's not actually called. Just on cash. that is an interesting kind of story. Kind of interesting. It's very loosely interesting. <laughs> right. um, if you're a rugby nose, you might find it mildly. I find interesting. this interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> that academy payment was um, dependent on you sticking to the academy rules, mm-hmm. and the academy rules were you need an academy. And it has to be in this geographic location. I can't remember yeah, quite which one it was. You can only select players from this geographic yeah. location. You have to meet these criteria of coaching and all the rest of it. So someone I was talking to who, who runs a club was like, well, we'll just won't have the money and we'll just take players from everywhere or we'll just fold the academy. Like, So it's either costing us too much or we're just going to fold it anyway because it does cost premiership player, uh, clubs a lot of money to run these things. Yeah. Uh, so we'll either fold it or we won't fold it, we'll keep it, but we won't take the money and we'll just po- poach from everywhere. So they changed it. So now you've just got to run the academy as part of the premiership rules. You've just got to do it as a mandatory. So it's not linked to yeah, that payment. Yeah. You get the payment anyway, but you've got but to you run the... You have to. Yeah. If you're in the premiership, you they have to They force you it. to have that money now. Yeah, yeah. It's all been thought of before. Every wheeze, if there's a loophole in rugby, someone's thought of it somewhere. <laughs> like the uh, kicking loophole, the yeah. non-retreating. Dupont's law. law. Yeah. Oh, did you see who else might be lining up in the Olympics? Uh, I, I only read it because it was in the... I did, actually. Is he for uh, <laughs> He might be. Um, How an Irish player. Yeah, I know this, and I can't think... The guy who won Love Island. <laughs> no, it's someone he wouldn't expect. Uh, the, the one I'm thinking of is someone you would expect. Oh, yeah, no, you would expect. You're right. It is the winger from oh, Balakoon? Ulster. Balakoon, yeah. That's a great Balakoon. He'd, he'd kind of a waste, though. Great player. He's more like a more waste than Anton Dupont. No, that's a na- that's a national prestige. Like, thing, that is. Ulster's season is done. 
Oh, he's God, not in the he's, he's not in the island squad. Why is he not in the island squad? He just needs a chance because he's. Mm, he's, I don't. He's, I don't know about that. Uh, he, he's the last couple. His of years, upsides are amazing, but it's the last couple of years. He's had a load of niggly injuries. He's not been consistently fit. Prior to that, yeah. when we had the home and away game oh. against Ulster and lost the home game after beating them he away, to lose. That's right, yeah, to lose. Um, he was the best winger in Europe. Yeah, he was the best player in Europe, and he still didn't get a proper shot of the Island squad. Will, Will Addison's coming back to sail. I've Mm. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I'm a massive fan of that. He's so injury prone. I, I love Will Addison. He's such a good player. He's a great player, great bloke. I just don't think. Well, I think once a player decided to leave and spend the, re- the majority of his prime years elsewhere, why do you want him back? Unless he's uh, cheap, conv- very cheap. cheap. Unless yeah. he's extremely cheap, which he might be given his injury run. Yeah, like, maybe close, close to home, uh, cheap. He's probably he's got, got he's probably got a house or something over here. He's probably like he will, yeah. he's got a massive house in Didsbury. I'm pretty sure. There you go. And it well, did did have come if, back live in my house if you can hang get him out fit, with my mates if you can get him fit. And he's he's such a handy squad player because he plays 13 wing and 15. Do you know though? Sale couldn't find a place for Ryan Mills, and now that's a similar situation. Incredibly talented, incre- incredibly unfit as a yeah, injury prone. Just, Injury prone, and he was—he was fit. I thought Ryan Mills was going to absolutely revolutionise Sale. If they could get like two years out of him. Forget Manu; that's a complete waste of time. Ryan Mills on—I don't know, forty k or sixty yeah. k, whatever the hell. Manu they paid on ten him. times the money. Yeah, Ryan Mills would have been the boy if they could just get him fit. He's such an astonishingly Got good. Rob player. Dupree now don't need him. So, <laughs> well, that's true. That is true. Is he the good one? Rob Dupree, yeah, or yeah, Robert yeah. Dupree, Ro- yeah, yeah. yeah, Robert Dupree's the no, Rob Dupree's a bad one. Robert Dupree's a good okay. one. Or, 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 we're somewhere, we're, yeah, one way around. He's the one that gets paid all of the money, <laughs> <laughs> and what he chooses to do with all of his money is Where completely up to him. Not none of our. If business. he happens to give it to his twi- to, to the twin brothers, that is completely Rob's choice. <laughs> <laughs> good God! Uh, right, just, enough about sales, marquee player. I, I, by the way, I never suggested that. I've never suggested that ever. <laughs> but I, I would do it. <laughs> It's it's quite a funny thing to suggest. It's a f- totally funny thing to suggest, but isn't actually happening, I'm sure. Uh, but only if we, there was some transparency to the uh, viewing public on the salary cap, we would know. That would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it would be hilarious, wouldn't it? Rob Dupree, 2.4 million. <laughs> <laughs> what? Dan Dupree, 42k. Jean-Luc Dupree. <laughs> 42k. What's the lowest amount you can pay a uh, senior player? 42k. Okay. <laughs> no, nothing to say here then. <laughs> it's only like the tax returns of people who have limited companies. Yeah, true. Oh, you're earning £12,000? Is well, that, is that you... the exact amount of the tax-free allowance? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you um, if, you know, if, if if you need to sort out a tax bill, pension contributions, oh. Beardmore & Co, in, independent financial advisors, so they um, yep. we can shout out. Just don't, um, just don't expect it to be worth what it was when you put it in. Oh, <laughs> JB can't comment. Ooh. I didn't mean no. That's nothing to do with a bit more no, no, no. financial advisors. No, 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 that's no, no, just no, no, no. having my, a pension. My ooh was um my my pain for you, Tim. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I, I buy fields and barns now. Fields and barns, land tycoon, yeah. and on that bombshell. On that bombshell. So, considering there was virtually no rugby this weekend, how long have we done now? I can't quite see the timer. End it. End it now. Yes, yes, Phil. Yes, uh, JB. Yes, JB. Over an over hour an hour thirty. Over an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, over an hour and three quarters. Oh my god! Right, <laughs> yeah. right, we're done. Let, Let the, boys the boys end. end. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.